Hello, everybody, and welcome to Insane Rhetoric. We are so happy you decided to come and join us today. We have a great topic for you today, and we know you will love it as much as we do. So come on in and enjoy the ride. That is Insane Rhetoric. Good morning, Insane Rhetoric. How's everybody doing today? We up in the morning. We ready to go. Good morning, Insane Rhetoric. Hope y'all are feeling great and groovy today. We fired up and ready to go. Fired up, fired up, fired up. Ready to go. Ready to go this morning. Okay. You sound like you in the zone. I'm if, in- you, if you come for me today, we're going to have a problem. I'm going to fly down there. <laughs> you sound like you in the zone. So what's the deal for today? What's going on? So we have a, we have a gentleman. Okay. Wait. So we have a gentleman here in uh, Texas in a, a school district called Coleville. Uh huh. Uh, independent school district. Mm-hmm. And he is a gentleman who um, has held accolades for quite a while, and was recently named principal of a school of a high school there. Mm-hmm. Last year, of course, and then. He was asked to remove Facebook posts where he was embracing his wife. Now, here's where the controversy starts, because you're wondering if he's married, why does he have to remove a Facebook picture where he's embracing his wife? Well, in the letter that they sent him, they said that it would not be a great look for him to be seen embracing his wife because she is white. So yes, he is of African-American descent. However, he's biracial. His mother was a white woman. Okay. It don't matter when you And you know the 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 Jim Crow laws say that if you have one drop, yeah, you're black. You're black so we have not changed that law okay so uh he's biracial and his wife who actually happens to be a twin uh and she you know what i have to tell you she's a good looking woman though had them babies and got their body back zip zap zoom she's she's a nice looking woman i have to give it to him her too but i digress but anyway, so the school district fired back saying, well, no, it wasn't just about that. There were some other pictures and they created a collage saying that there were some other pictures that were questionable. And then word got out and they had a town hall meeting and there were people sitting in there who didn't know this man at all because they were concerned parents calling for his resignation or for him to be terminated. Over some pictures? Yes. Yes. So if he would have been standing there with another male, that would have been acceptable? I'm not sure. So now so now have so it started off with that, but what happened is that now his his methodology Mm-hmm. Because this man is known to be a person who inspires children and staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got a resume out the box. I'm just telling you. I'm telling. You. I mean, he has worked for uh, corporate America as well, but his job in corporate America was where he was a trainer. He was an educational trainer. Okay, so he. Provided expert coaching to school districts, Fortune 500 companies, governments, sports teams, and nonprofits. Right. Mm-hmm. So he All don't right. have no problem. So he doesn't have a problem uh, getting a job. Okay. 
Correct. He worked for, uh, he was a, what do they call it? A leadership development strategist mm -hmm. for the flipping, for the flipping group. Like mm -hmm. this man has excelled. Listen, we can even go back to his, his childhood and in his childhood, um, he actually, so he got a scholarship. He played basketball. He was a leader on the court. He got a scholarship and they did a write-up about him. He's from a town here in Texas called Midland, Texas. Now, mm -hmm. those of you listening, Midland, Texas is known for its wildcatting days. So if you don't know what wildcatting is, um, that is a time uh, uh, where, well, it is a, it is a, a job that people have where they are going out and finding the oil and extracting the oil. And, you know, these men were some, some men, they were some gritty men. Okay. And our former president, uh, Bush number one was actually a wildcatter in his early years, moved to Texas, Midland area before he became, he was actually doing that when um, the Republican committee came to him because of some stuff he was doing politically in the town between there and Houston. And he was actually doing the wildcatting and all of that before he really launched his uh, political career. Okay. Okay. So, so what's what's so what's going so all this stuff is over some pitches concerning him being yeah. him embracing his white wife. But when that all came out, well what what's the problem? I'm I'm kissing my wife, right? Mm -hmm. oh, it's, and it's my personal Facebook post. When all that came out, now it's an attack on how he approaches education, saying, because you know the new buzzword is that you are a critical race theorist. Mm -hmm. So now they're saying, no, 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 it's not that. It's your critical race theory that we have a problem with. But you, you have honored this man. You have promoted him from assist from teacher to assistant principal now to principal this man has trained school districts okay and fortune 500 company and he too came from meager beginnings because the the newspaper article when he was a youngster talked about how he would have this you know this stuff going on these fights going on on the court, but when he went home, he had a troubled life at home where he had to take responsibility for his household. And as a senior in high school, he withstood the test. You know, he didn't get into trouble. He took on these responsibilities. You know, he stepped into his shoes of manhood with pride. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. he's a critical race theorist now. Now, for those who don't know, critical race theorist means what? In a nutshell, I'm going to say it my way first. Critical race theorist means that it's all a lie. You believe that whitey is out to get darky and is doing anything they can systematically to stop darky starting from childhood in the school they're doing anything they can and they are they are bad whitey is bad even if they're just a little child, because by the time they're three years old, they already know the bad ways to treat darky. Okay. 
So what is your stance on the critical race theory? So I'm kind of in between. I do think that um, there are some systematic things that do exist. I don't think that children are three years old and know what that is. I don't believe that. I do think that if their parents are that way, then they are being taught those things. But I just don't believe all white folks are that way. Okay. So I have been in the schools, in public school system, and I have been in the private daycare system. And I have seen it happen. Okay. So what is your numbers, your percentages on believing that white people are that way? I would say 50-50. Oh, you're being generous. I am being generous, but but I was I'm gonna give it a 50-50. Because I do know I I do know people who genuinely um feel what I feel. I know people like even people who didn't I have okay. I I have a, a kind of a friend who when Voldemort was running for was saying that he was going to run for office it was pretty evident that he was going to do that um I have this friend who we began to have a conversation about this and she did not realize we had been friends for years and she did not realize her racist tendency until we had this conversation because she was going on and on she was going on and on about how you know how they talk you know i don't like to give them too much credence i don't okay you know them people okay she was going on and on in that vein and I brought it to her in a way that she could understand. I brought our sons together, riding in a car together, being stopped by the police together. And the the idea that her son could be hurt just for being with my son, because that was my son's reality, that he could be hurt just because he was with her son, or that her son could go scot-free and be the one doing the mess and he could go under the jail. So I brought all these scenarios to her and we were sitting, I never forget, we were sitting at a lunch table and tears came to our eyes because she did not realize that she had these racial tendencies. She really, really did not. I mean, there have been some things I could tell you go on and on and on about some of the things we went through together, me and this lady. And she really did not have a sense that she was on this racial fence until I put it out there to her like this, because when she was exploding and this was a woman I had never seen before. So we had this conversation because she was like, listen, we need to talk. I don't understand why you're angry with me. And so I told her and she was sitting there crying because she didn't get it until I put it to her like that. So that's why I'm saying 50-50. I'll give them 50-50 because some of them don't realize. I'm I'm going to give them (laughs) 80-20. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to give them 80-20. 80% of them, more than half, of the population of them know what they are doing. Eighty percent. The other twenty is I don't even believe in gray areas. I don't think gray areas exist. <clears throat> so I think you either know or you don't know. I don't believe in that half no half truth crap. I don't believe in that. It's either up, down, left, or right. You either right or you wrong. Ain't no half right, half wrong shit. I don't believe that. So that being said, either you know or you don't know. Um, 
I think that's a touchy, kind of touchy situation, you know, because um, I have read the uh, the book, The Communist Manifesto by Mr. Karl Marx, and a lot of stuff that he has written about, I see. I mean, clear, clear as day. And uh, I can take a situation like a school system in a impoverished area. Why are you closing schools in an impoverished area and then having to bus kids out to other schools where you can mold them like you want to mold them? Because here, here where I'm located right now, there were a couple of major high schools that has closed in the inner city. They are basically non-existent when it comes to elementary schools and junior high schools in this side of the city. Why is that? I, you have never heard a school closing. We have a, a city here, a little town called Ledoux. Then we have another one called Chesterfield. Uh, and those areas are thriving, but they have never closed the school in those particular areas. Why are you closing schools in the inner city when they need them? So if you go back to the history of projects, when people were living in projects, you talk about... Uh, a form of separation because that's what it was you know and if you know anything about projects it was to keep people divided in those cities because they knew the outcome of what the, those type of people could do when they came together so you set up places of impoverishment to actually keep your foot on a certain people's neck so they wouldn't have a chance for advancement. I mean, so some of the stuff that uh, Marx talks about, I highly agree with. I mean, and you see it, like, I, I, I'm going to tell you like this. The United States is everything. And what I mean by that, it's communism, it's socialism and this capitalism all in one so uh i i don't know what to say about that so i think we need to go back and talk about a lady by the name she's about she's in her 70s she her, her name is dr carol swain uh-huh she uh, was born and raised in virginia um, she comes, she's the classic rags to riches story. Mm -hmm. She comes from, oh, deep poverty and oppression, depression. Like she just comes from just a story that is unimaginable to, to a, quite a few people. Mm -hmm. I mean, abusive stepfather, um, invalid mother who was being abused by this stepfather uh living in a one-room shack with you know 11 siblings um trying to um give herself freedom from her family because it was just that bad being denied by the courts for that freedom so she goes to live with grandma. So she's that kid who's raised by grandma and not by mama and daddy together. You know, she's that kid um, with all these siblings and all this trouble in this family. Um, she goes to community college. She obtains a, a degree. She goes to college. She obtains another degree. She works at McDonald's and works herself through all these things. 
she gets a law degree, graduates magna cum laude. Like this woman is a success story. Mm -hmm. She is the proverbial American dream. Okay, so so why are you painting that picture for? Because I think she's an idiot. <laughs> she did all that and now she's an idiot. <laughs> so she agrees with you that this country is Marxist. I didn't um, say that. She said. I didn't she say was, that. She was, what did you say? I said that they're all three. Yeah, okay. So she said she was she was recently featured on Pat Robertson. Oh, not the 700 Club, man. The 700 Club. <laughs> and here's her theory. Critical re- now this is quote her, her writing cuz she's a she's a published author. Mhm. I said this woman is this woman she has done her thing. Okay. okay. Critical race theory is an analytical framework to analyze institutions and culture. Its purpose is to divide the world into white oppressors and non-white victims. Okay, stop. Stop. I think right there where it says when you were talking about the world into white oppressors. They ain't got to be divided. They have always been that. I okay. That my same reaction. <laughs> okay. It's 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 not something we made up, Doctor Swain. It's not something we made up, people. We right. talked it's, about this when we talked about the Green Book. Yeah, it's 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 like you trying to eradicate the fact of black people being enslaved by white people which you cannot eradicate that i don't care it happened it happened people right it happened like the holocaust it happened it happened it happened like the inquisition it happened i mean it happened so it first of all you're screwing up saying theory because it's not a theory that's that's actual facts (laughs) that's on the history books you can go check that but okay, continue. <laughs> so she the to further quote again, this was all part of the TV show, the 700 Club. Pat Robertson was giving us her written words. Mm-hmm. Instead of traditional forms of knowledge, it holds up personal narratives of marginalized minority and then she quotes victim groups so instead of traditional forms of knowledge it holds up personal narratives of marginalized minority victim groups and then in parentheses she puts blacks hispanics asians these are the marginalized minority in her view who put themselves up as victims she further goes on to say that this gives evidence that the that that these marginalized groups are put up as evidence considered irrefutable by its nature of the dishonesty of their mostly white heterosexual oppressors. Now, again, ma'am, it happen for real i will disagree with you on one point that people been in the closet for many 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 hundreds of years so sometimes they were not just heterosexual they were also homosexual just hiding their homosexuality and they were also standing side by side, these white people beating the crap out of us and raping our women. Well, first of all, she opens up with victim groups. 
the first part, part, the first group of people you put there are blacks. <laughs> then you go down to Hispanics and Asians. The problem that I have with this, every last one of those groups that you name has actually built the United States on their back and have been oppressed from blacks to the Asians, to the Hispanics, they all contributed into the infrastructure of the United States. I mean, we can go back as far as what, when the Asians was working on the railroad, because that's what they did. You know, uh, what didn't Blacks do and 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 take <laughs> and and Hispanics? I mean, I mean, come on, lady, this, you, this stuff that you you shooting out here is actually garbage. So here's my problem with what she's saying. You are a woman who has benefited from. Let's just get it out there, lady. You benefited from, you had to get your GED because you dropped out of school. You have benefited from the backs of people who have brought this to light. Thurgood Marshall trumped all across this nation for the NAACP for all different types of injustice, but most famously for education. Mm -hmm. You benefited from the board versus I mean, Brown versus the Board of Education. You benefited from that lady with your GED in the listen, 70s. Listen, listen, uh, listen, 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 listen. To me, it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like she has forgotten what her history was. I'm not even concerned with the education part right now. I'm concerned with her history. She probably didn't look back and see that she was impoverished. She probably didn't see that people was oppressing her. Maybe that was the problem. She didn't look back and take inventory on her life, on where she came from, and to be catapulted into those those successes that she has acquired. So. I'm looking at like either you don't want to recognize who you are, you don't know who you are, or you really just trying to discount who you are as your history and what you had to come through to even make it through those points of life. You're trying to discount because even though she did much of this on her own, separate from her family, okay? The fact of the matter is, her success is not truly her own. No. Yes, she worked hard. Yes, she she did what she had to do to pull herself up from that oppression. Yes, she did. Five up, at virtual high five to you, girl. However, we never do it alone. We always have someone giving us those chances and those breaks and believing in us. Yeah, absolutely. So that we can move forward. We have but to work our, work for ourselves. That would be true. We, we have but to work for ourselves, but we also have to have those who would believe in us and partner with us to give us those breaks. Like accept us into the school of our choice to see the hard work that we've done and to accept us to give us those scholarships if that's what we need to give us those jobs to work ourselves through school if that's what we need those teachers that when we turn in that thing late they understand how hard we work because the quality of our work is so good and they know our backstory that we've been working all night to pay our bills to get through school. So they give us that one extra day. I know people like that right now in my house. I'm just saying. They, I, they trying to get it done. They trying to get it done by all means going to a full-time job and then trying to do school at the same time and trying to make it 
happened. Yeah, I get it. I understand. You're right. We don't do these things by ourselves. The simple fact that if you looked around your house when you was growing up and said, you don't want to live like this for the rest of your life, your family just inspired you. Your family was your billboard to push you to another dimension and another elevation. So I understand. But when you got into these school systems that and you got into these school systems at a time when Thurgood Marshall was doing his thing for education. Exactly. Exactly. This was pre-Thurgood Marshall going up there to the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you didn't have him doing that work and setting the foundation, you would not have been even in any of those institutions by a long shot. You had you you were doing this. Just where you were born during the time of MLK, but who was your, another foundational leader and, and trendsetter. But <laughs> by the time you got to getting your GED, yes, MLK was gone. However, it was just five years, five to ten years prior that we had the Civil Rights Act signed. Uh-huh which was MLK. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here are all these, we're not going to talk about all the leaders and all that stuff. We're not going to listen. And you come from a place in, the, in Virginia, uh, isn't Virginia the same place that uh, Jesse Jackson comes from? Yes. Or is it North, he from North Carolina? He's from North Carolina. Okay. She, and oh yeah, she did attend the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. She attended mm-hmm. there too. Magna cum laude. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I'm saying to you that you were in these school systems where these people were working for your best interest. And the, uh, and the other people were working against you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of Insane Rhetoric, I just put my Charlie Brown face on. You can't see it. Now, let me tell you where I agree with her. There is one statement she made that I can not completely agree, but I can I can see where she's going. She just going, she took the wrong fork in the road. She says, the ultimate goal of this theory's proponents, meaning those of us who agree with the theory, is to remake society so that the victim class eventually displaces the oppressors and becomes the new ruling class. So here's where I part with that. I don't think we have to replace them to become the ruling class. I think they need to be replaced where this class doesn't exist anymore. I'm I'm gonna go go with, uh, I, I think I'm gonna lean more heavily to her side on that because. Well, this is what she's saying is what those of us who believe in critical, critical, but but race I, like, theory, like we want this to happen. She's saying that that's what we I want to happen. I don't. I don't believe that I want that to happen. <clears throat> I'm saying it to this effect. Eventually that all the stuff that you have done to a person is going to come back around and it's going to rest on you. I I think I'm going to lean more heavily to her side on that because... Well, this is what she's saying is what those of us who believe in critical... Critical... But but race I, like, theory, like we want this to happen. She's saying that that's what we I want to happen. I don't I don't believe that I want that to happen. <clears throat> I'm saying it to this effect. Eventually, that all the stuff that you have done to a person is going to come back around and it's going to rest on you. So eventually, 
you don't have to make those things happen. They're going to happen anyway. It's called like the law of attraction. What you get out and what you do to people, what is it? It's, it's, it's somewhere it says you reap what you sow. <laughs> so, so, so all that stuff is actually just going to come back around and come and get you. You ain't even yet. You don't even have to make that happen. It's well, eventually this, going to happen. This is what she say. We, we further quoting her. And y'all going to see why this means something to Mr. James Whitfield in Texas. Within this framework, white privilege and its unearned benefits become responsible for economic, health, and social disparities in minority communities. This system of thought advances a narrative of blame that declares white America guilty for the plight of Blacks. If the shoe fits, Word. wear it. Right. And the shoe has been fitting for a long time. Because, let, let, Dr. Swain, let me tell you something. Before our darky brothers and sisters sold us off into slavery over there in Africa, we were living a nice little sweet life over there in our tribes. We were left to do what we needed to do to live our life, to become whatever we wanted. We had our little king of the tribe and we followed whatever he said, but we had our own little hut. One hut avenue. And we did what we did. Yep. It's, so, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny that like in every administration <clears throat> and she can follow this in every administration it has always been referred to as blacks need to go back home well first of all where the hell is home because after you cut off the history of a people they no longer know who they are second of all you brought us over here. <laughs> Third of all, shoot, if you can send us back in there and take us, we'll probably love to go. <laughs> I mean, at least over there, and I'm just being funny, at least over there in some places, they still chucking spirits at you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. So how how people realize and how people think about certain things when it comes to like this critical race theory, man. I think some of this is from her point of view. She just doesn't know who she is. No, she doesn't because she further says, when it comes to education, members of the victim classes are to do all the teaching. She believes that, she thinks that this is what we believe. She says, it is a worldview and narrative that commands white people to sit in obedience and listen quietly to arguments about their unjust gains, as well as their obligation to provide a remedy for them. In this case, to black Americans, whether they are descended from slaves or not. Now that's a problem because everybody is a descendant from slavery. If you're black, <laughs> even if you mixed <laughs> you are a descendant from slavery. so nobody told white America white worldwide to stand in the corner and not say anything what we said was to understand that it is part of our history collectively is she married is Dr. Swain married why do we need to know that I don't because care she's because she's probably married to a white man what I'm just saying <laughs> he probably putting it in the air this is what I need you to put out here to the press <laughs> this is what I need you to put out when you're going to talk, talk about this because that's some that's some BS that's some that, that, that whole article is some 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 garbage I mean she says there is no way out for whites when it comes to race Critical race theory assumes that racism is permanent and affects every aspect of society, including political, economic, social, and religious institutions. The theory further advances the belief that being born 
with white skin in itself confers unearned privileges. And which is true. And, and which would be true. Now, she's talking about political and economic. Now, uh, why is, I'm just going to throw a bank out there, Chase Bank so critical about giving inner city people loans. But when they go out to other areas of not inner city places, they're more apt to give the loan. You still have people in inner cities that have great credit scores. They just have the wrong color skin. So, so, um, yeah, economically, yes. Politically, oh, politically, we talk about, I think we talk about in the episode that how the, the, the penitentiaries are owned by private companies. And we talked about that most of the people in those prisons are of color. I saw a post a long, long time ago, years ago, about uh, the 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 wealth of a black man of 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 a Negro actually, and what it was saying was when they were being developed, they were worth like five to a thousand dollars when they were trading trading them on the uh the riverfronts but as time went by it says now negroes are worth at least millions and trillions of dollars because of the prison system so you can't you can't underscore that the system the white system has been doing what it was set up to do and you can't we can't get mad at that you know if you think about it uh who was that was it the uh louisiana purchase worry that was willie lynch talking about how to keep people enslaved without killing them the uh the 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 letter the willie lynch letter i mean so lady first of all Dr. Swain, please go find yourself and whoever you're getting your information from, you might want to check and remind yourself of where you came from to find out who you really are. Because uh, right now, we didn't approve you. <laughs> you ain't approved by the Black community saying something like that. We, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't approve that at all. So I don't know what to tell you. So now she is a Republican. She was a, she was a Democrat. And wait then minute, wait a minute. she was a Democrat and then she switched to Republican. She was a Democrat and Are she switched a- to Republican because she said that um, her Christian faith um, caused her to reexamine her worldview. So in 2009, she became a Republican. She was married at the age of 16. I'm I'm, she, I'm I'm trying to go back to that that Christian part. She was married no, that, at the. That's, that, that's kind of my lane a little bit. I'm like, you went, you was a, your Christian part. Your Christian faith told you to re-examine yourself to switch political parties. Yeah. Look now, let's go back though. She was married when she see now you again we already talked about the the path in which she's traveled right rural Virginia later moved her family moved in the sixties her family moved to Roanoke she was married at the age of sixteen and of course we know that she wanted to she wanted to be away from her family. So I'm sure that being married got her away from her family, right? That was probably part of the impetus to get married was to be away from her family, to have something different, to have a life where she could be different, right? Right, more than most likely. So at the age of 16, she was married. She had two sons and a daughter. The daughter died of sudden infant death syndrome of SIDS. Mm 
she divorced and five years after her divorce she attempted suicide by swallowing pills she's been a, her her religious journey she's been jehovah's witness baptized pentecostal okay she did that after she heard an internal voice and she thought she was dying in the hospital okay she served uh, on a citizens committee on the 34th and the 43rd annual tennessee prayer breakfast okay okay um she was a board member for the nashville youth of christ okay youth for christ okay she is now a southern baptist now we all go through changes and reassess our lives and she wanted to be away from her parents so you know she 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 left her parents at the age of 16 and had two sons and a daughter and she tried to commit suicide she was divorced five years and tried to commit suicide all while putting herself through school and becoming okay. this doctor that she is and getting her law degree okay so like i'm really through with this because so here's my problem you're fighting with mr whitfield about his beliefs in critical race thinking i mean theory when he's saying just what I just got through saying, but in a different way. It's not about it's not about race. It's about all children understanding that they are loved. It's not about saying, "Oh, we got to let the white people go." Let's, it's let's, let's see. Let's see. Let's go back. See the the article that you just went through. actually confirms the fact of what I told you earlier about she didn't know who she was. Okay. It's a lot of things people change in their life. A whole lot of things. A lot of those changes are made for the good and the betterment of something, of a person. But we're very seldomly do you have people changing religious beliefs. So for you to be a Jehovah's Witness for a time or you was Pentecostal for a time, whichever one came first and you jumped ship and went to the other one, that shows that you are very unstable in anything and thinking, your thinking and your ideology of who you are. So I can see why she believes that this is a theory because the stuff that you would hold true to you, you jump ship on it. Okay. So we're dealing with an unstable person with a doctorate degree. Okay, that's normal. So, you know, a lot of this critical race theory came out of Voldemort's. <sighs> you know, when he was in office, he put a ban on a lot of things. And so Texas, as they have been doing, following him, you know, our idiotic, our idiotic governor and a, a, a I, 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 so we now have an anti-critical race theory legislation here in Texas. And so the moment, the moment that people realized in his neighborhood, which is near, kind of near Fort Worth, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. So the moment people realized he was African-American and with this whole thing, okay going on since Voldemort was in office 
that's when this 90% white area mm -hmm. began to investigate him because he was black. Now, until then, they were heralding him about how the children were excited and energized, how the teachers were excited and energized. Well, this is all I can tell you. When you ain't got no flaws and you ain't got to worry about no backlash through your history and people coming up saying you did something that was that allows you to be thrown in jail, man, look, they going to say what they going to say. They going to try to do what they want to do. Man, just keep it pushing. Keep it pushing. He says, they. And this is a quote from him. He says, they think I'm the critical race theory boogeyman. My position strikes fear into the hearts of certain people that would prefer things go back to the way they used to be. And that's what I think too. I think that everything that's been happening within the last eight years is, well, four, five, six years, is about people wanting the times of yesteryear, the times where there were no um, boundaries to hate. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, I, I tell you what, if I see you coming down the street with a whip and you look like you want to throw it back to me, you're going to have a problem. I mean, just think about it. There <laughs> have been, there have been since the 1960s, and I'm not going to go further than that, but Let's just take it to the 1960s. There have been people in those minority groups who have not done well. They mm -hmm. have continued to do, and we've talked about these different things on Insane Rhetoric here. They have continued to do bad things. They have continued to just kind of live life by saying it's everybody's fault but mine. I'm not going to try to do what's right. I'm not going to work hard. There are those groups of people. There are, but since the 60s and beyond, but since the 60s, there are groups of us in these minority groups who have, like her, taken one step forward and then another and then another to have what we desired for ourselves and for our families. And We've not been rabble rousers and troublemakers in a bad light. Some of us may have been rabble rousers, but we were rabble rousers for a good cause to move things forward. Okay. We were allowed the we were allowed to to be a part of or to have these processes that were put in place. Brown versus the Board of Education gave many of us the opportunity to be ourselves, to go for what we knew and to get what we wanted and desired. And we have taken advantage of that. We have become doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs. We have become entrepreneurs. We have become teachers. We have become what we wanted to become and we have obtained the money we wanted to obtain on our own steam, whether we went to school or not, whether we finished school or not, we used our brain and we made connections. Michael Jackson didn't finish school. Okay. He didn't finish high school, but he made connections. He was able to move in and out of color lines because of because people respected his music and his talent. Yeah, his craft. I mean, okay. I, you not look. I I really don't want to get it no more attention. I just think she's crazy. So up <laughs> there in Fort Worth, Texas, and I'll tell you, Fort Worth that all the Texas can be very racial. It can't. It, I mean, it, we were a slave state. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, wasn't it like ninety percent of the country? <laughs> Uh, uh, only a few places you can go to be free. I mean, 
That's so here's this here's this Dr. Sweeney. If ninety percent of the country was racist, well, at one particular time, a hundred percent racist, and you only had a few states that you could flee to. So here we have Trump supporters, Voldemort supporters, angry because here's this black man married to this sexy, vibrant white woman with these beautiful kids biracial kids and he is doing it up there for worth and beyond working for these five fortune 500 companies and and do he doing his thing and been doing his thing since he was a youngster so now all of a sudden because he had a picture of himself kissing his wife on the beach for their 10th anniversary you want to start talking about how he's bringing critical race thinking in the school so you can get him out and it's really about him being black that's all it comes down to i i i agree so yeah well i i don't know i just man look keep doing your thing down there at the school keep pushing forward with Keep setting standards. Just do your thing. Yeah, do your that, thing, Mister Whitfield. Do your thing. All that other stuff these people talk about. Tell them to kick rocks and go to hell. We've said it many times here. The insane rhetoric, people. The stuff happened. Just have a conversation about it and see where we can move forward now. They don't. They won't. They don't want to have a conversation because some of those people weren't critical thinkers. <laughs> they can't. They can't form a damn idea, <laughs> and they don't want to look past what. Well, they do look past what has happened. They don't want to acknowledge what has happened. So, eh, let me tell you, people. When I see a little white boy in a school, five years old, say to another kid you know i could kill you for that and nothing happens we don't have a conversation we blame it on the fact that he watches too much batman yeah and nah. then you have a little black kid in the same classroom five years old say get back you kick me in my stomach just leave me alone before i kill you and now you want to write him up you want to put him out of school. You want to call his parents right away to come get him. You tell me. That is critical race theory right there. Yeah. You did not handle them the same way. Nope. Nope. That shows you. I mean, that shows you in, in perfect color what's really what. And, and like I say, you have it all day, every day on everybody's job stuff is said you know and and people do things to people i mean i got a story about that but i'm not gonna put that out there but uh yeah it happens well i don't work for this place anymore and notice i didn't say the name however i, I was in the classroom i was the teacher when this happened well okay when I got to, well when i got to this place of employment one particular time i bumped into a whole bunch of cases like that where it was dealing with the female staff and how they was approaching me. I, so, I, and and I didn't say nothing about it, but eventually it got unnerving. So somebody else said something about it because they already knew. I'm like, pretty much, I'm finna get ready to sue y'all. <laughs> if y'all don't say something to this person, these people, I'm finna get ready to sue you. So, but that, that that just shows you if it would have been the shoe on the other foot going the other way, I would have been in the office. And we know that. You talking about a man who's biracial. He had his he had his white mama. Okay. And you're talking about a man who also pulled himself up by his bootstring. Man, look. But understood what was happening to him, went into education so that he could be a part of the solution and not the problem. Well, I like his last name. 
because his last name is Whitfield. And one of my favorite musicians was last name Whitfield. Might be related, you know. So well, I'm just gonna say this. When that name Whitfield came up, it invoked something else inside of me. And and it wasn't it wasn't a a, a musician, it was something else that a, a, a criminal that I know. Uh <laughs> so I I'm gonna be quiet. Whitfield <laughs> yeah, Whitfield Whitfield used to be the musician. He was uh he came up around uh at the time of uh was James Cleveland and he was a gospel musician. And when I say play piano like crazy and sung, that boy could sing. So you might be related to him. He, that Whitfield is not common name. So I mean Well, I hope he's not related to this family I'm talking about. No, he don't look like no criminal. Well, he's not. They try to they try to criminalize him, which is what which is part of what uh you know critical race theory is, is that you try to criminalize the minority. But but see, you know how not see what you need to do. That needs to be I mean, I'm pretty sure it's one on the books with because it's a defamation of character. That's a that's a crime. You can't even you ain't supposed to do that. You know what I'm saying? So for all these people trying to get together and try to dig so dig up some dirt on this man, everybody who name come across a register and looking him up or, or researching, they need to send the police after every last one of them. Now do that. Now let's see if the critical race theory going to work with that going his way. Probably not, huh? <laughs> she yeah. also believes that we should, that, you know, that there should be some type of Dr. Swain, when I say she, Dr. Swain, she also believes that there should be some type of societal attainment of colorblindness. So there's a problem. There's a problem. If I look at if I look at myself in the mirror, I see some color. It's not going to go away. It's it, it, you can't whitewash it. I know some people try to bleach their skin, but Michael Jackson, it somehow happened to him. He said vitiligo. But anyway, I listen, it's not going to go away. Let's go back to Michael Jackson for a second. Oh, God. And his vitiligo. Like Uncle Ruckus. He had reverse, he had reverse vitiligo. He was born white, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all, I just made a reference to the Boondocks. If you if you don't watch the Boondocks, you probably didn't get that joke. But Uncle Ruckus is a character in that show who says that he began as a white baby and he had reverse vitiligo, which made him become black and he hated it. And we all remember the jokes of Michael Jackson's vitiligo where he was black and became white. So... Listen, you he can't. Was more like, he, was, he wasn't really white to me. He was more like Casper. You can't get rid of it. You see, you you can. I don't care. No matter. Listen. No matter how Michael Jackson changed in color, he was still part of the black race. I don't know. That nose wasn't black. You know, he may not. He may have looked angloid. He may have looked angloid by the time it was all over. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he was still considered a black man. So your your DNA don't change. Listen, maybe that's why he rarely went to family reunions. But anyway, anyway, we digress. Listen, if I look at a Hispanic person who is especially of darker skin, it doesn't change. If I look at an Asian person, it doesn't change. So there, this whole concept of colorblindness, we need color. Hue is a good thing. What we, But we also need understanding and we need communication. That's what we need. Oh, well, you know what? I, 
I'm tired. I'm tired of talking to dumb people and retarded people and stupid people. Okay, I, see, he had to I, work that in, y'all. He every every I mean, show he gonna work that in. He gonna work it in that word. I y'all have heard me tell him over and over again. He can't say that word. I can say whatever I want to say. I'm grown. Okay, y'all. I just did my Charlie Brown face again. I know y'all can't see it, but y'all know I talk about it a lot. Anyway, it's that rhetoric. We're gonna get up out of here because Yeah, we're gonna get up out of here before <laughs> I throw my kick before I throw my kick my computer at Swain, Swainy uh whoever. Dr. Carol Swain. Listen, y'all, we didn't even we didn't even tell y'all that dumbass stuff that Pat Robinson said after that. Yeah, we, yeah. we we done we done with him. Anyway, listen, y'all, we Insane Rhetoric. Join us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us, like our pages, like our Twitter, like our Instagram. Follow us. Join us on your favorite podcast host, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, many more. And go to our webpage, Insane Rhetoric with a K dot com. Go to our real talk page. Or we really want y'all to go to our real talk page on this topic. Go and tell us what you think, what you feel. And even if it's not about this topic, Give us your ideas on what you would like to hear us talk about. Um, I just said it. That's it. That's All right. It. Well, we will see y'all next time here at Insane Rhetoric. So remember, as always, to enjoy the ride that is Insane, Insane Rhetoric. Rhetoric. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you had as much fun as we did discussing this episode. Sometimes these topics are hard, and sometimes they're just so funny, we can't help ourselves. But as always, remember to enjoy the ride that is insane rhetoric. We'll see you next time.